Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Urban Outfitters Incorporated First Quarter Fiscal 2022 Earnings Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star then zero on your touchstone telephone. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to introduce Ona Makula, Director of Investor Relations. Ms. Makula, you may begin. Good afternoon and welcome to the URBN First Quarter Fiscal 2022 Conference Call. Earlier this afternoon, the company issued a press release outlining the financial and operating results for the three-month period ending April 30, 2021. The following discussions may include forward-looking statements. In today's commentary, unless otherwise noted, all comparisons will be made to the first quarter of fiscal 2020, referred to as LLY. It's important to note at this time the global COVID-19 pandemic has had and continues to have a significant impact on URBN's business. Given the uncertainty about the duration and extent of the virus impact to the global retail environment, Content discussed on today's call could change materially at any time. Accordingly, future results could differ materially from historical practices and results or current descriptions, estimates, and suggestions. Additional information concerning factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from projected results is contained in the company's filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. On today's call, you'll hear from Richard Hain, Chief Executive Officer, URBN, and Frank Conforti, Co-President and COO, URBN. Following that, we will be pleased to address your questions. For more detailed commentary on our quarterly performance and the text of today's conference call, please refer to our Investor Relations website at www.urbn.com. I will now turn the call over to Dick. Thank you, Ona, and good afternoon, everyone. Today, I'll discuss our first quarter results and then provide some thoughts on the consumer and our prospects for Q2 and beyond. I'm pleased to announce that URBN produced exceptionally strong results in the first quarter, much stronger than forecasted when the quarter began. Total retail segment comps advanced by 51% versus LY and 10% against double LY. Powerful consumer demand across most product categories, plus strong execution by our teams, drove positive retail segment comps at all brands. North American stores, although comp negative, showed significant improvement as the quarter progressed. While continued strength in the already booming digital channel more than offset the comp store bogey. Perhaps the biggest company-wide accomplishment in the first quarter was the strength of full-price selling and the corresponding decrease in markdown sales at each brand. The historically low markdown rate generated outstanding merchandise margins that when combined with tight expense control led to record Q1 earnings per share. I'll now recap Q1 results in North America by brand, starting with Urban Outfitters. The Urban brand recorded sequential improvement in store comps from double-digit negative in February to positive in April. Store traffic also improved, but remained more negative than comp sales, which were buoyed by favorable conversion and improved AUR. The direct channel continued to deliver a strong double-digit sales increase, which, together with the improved store comps, led to a low double-digit increase in retail segment comps. Better top-line performance came despite a 69% decrease in promotional events during the quarter. The brand in North America produced its lowest ever first quarter markdown rate and saw full price selling jump an impressive 29%, led by women's apparel and home goods. Operating profit on a rate basis reached double digits. Urban retail segment comp results for May to date have improved from Q1's print. The brand strategy of holding fewer promotional events remains in effect as full price selling continues to be strong. My thanks go to Sheila, Meg, and the entire Urban team for orchestrating an excellent first quarter. Turning now to anthropology, I would like to begin 
by welcoming Patricia Smith, global CEO of the brand, to her first URBN earnings call. Patricia, what a wonderful way to begin your career at Anthropology. Having the brand deliver strong Q1 results, including a 1,200 basis point improvement in retail segment comps from the previous quarter and a positive 1% comp in North America. From a product perspective, home goods continue to perform exceptionally well, but the most important news during the quarter was the rebound in full price apparel sales led by dresses and denim. Total monthly retail segment comps showed sequential improvement with April results swinging to mid-single-digit positive. This sales increase came despite the brand choosing not to anniversary eight large promotional events during the quarter. Fewer promotions led to a 300 basis point improvement in the markdown rate and a corresponding increase in merchandise margins. The brand's positive momentum has continued in the second quarter with store traffic and sales both showing meaningful improvement. Anthro's retail segment comps for Q2 are currently double-digit positive. Tricia, I thank you, Meg, and the Anthropology team. These are exciting times for the brand. Everyone is enthusiastic, and I can feel the momentum building. Now, please turn your attention to the Free People brand. The Free People team produced an extraordinary quarter with retail segment comps achieving a breathtaking 44% gain on LY. Every product category recorded a strong comp increase paced by the red-hot FP movement brand of activewear, which delivered an almost 300% sales increase over LY. The total free people brand generated powerful, almost triple-digit direct comps, with, which easily offset the negative store comps. Store sales showed sequential improvement in the quarter and have continued to improve in May. Free People's markdown rate for the quarter was the lowest any URBN brand has ever recorded in any quarter. This led to almost 400 basis points in merchandise margin improvement and a mid-teens operating profit, 130% above LY's rate. It's hard to see how the team could have produced a better quarter so my thanks go to Sheila, Meg, and the Free People and FP Movement teams for a terrific performance. Compared to North America, retail segment results in Europe for all URBN brands were less positive due to tighter COVID-related restrictions. Most stores remained closed or could only open under severe occupancy limitations. Of our 86 stores in Europe, 60% are in the UK and these stores were forced to close from holiday time through April 12th. Once reopened, they rebounded nicely, led by the urban brand stores. While store sales suffered, digital sales boomed. All three brands produced triple-digit comp gains in their direct channel sales, which offset much of the store sales loss and drove a 120% increase in new digital customers. Results in Europe May to date have seen stores performing much better than expected, with the digital business continuing to post triple-digit gains. Together, total European retail segment sales in May are currently showing strong double-digit positive comps. Now moving to Q1 performance in our other divisions. First, wholesale. Total wholesale segment sales decreased by 24% versus LY. Last year, Free People Wholesale adjusted its customer mix, cutting back some accounts to better align with this go-forward strategy of concentrating on full-price selling. While this depressed sales in the short term, we believe the adjustment will benefit brand equity and likely result in better operating income versus LY in the second half of this year. Urban Wholesale launched in the fall of 2018, offering their BDG line of sustainably produced denim jeans and separates to select retailers. In Q1, urban wholesale revenue exceeded $5 million, up 400% from LY. Next is Newly. As the country began reopening in early March, Newly, our subscription rental business, saw a positive shift in customer behavior. Many subscribers who had paused their subscription last year 
resumed their monthly deliveries in the first quarter. This trend has continued and combined with new subscriber growth puts Newly on course to meet its goal of ending FY22 with 50,000 subscribers. In addition, the Newly team spent much of last year working on operational efficiencies and results of those efforts allowed the brand to deliver positive gross margins in Q1. My thanks to Dave and the Newly team for the excellent progress they've made since launch. Looking to the future, we believe URBN's prospects for the remainder of Q2 and FY22 shine brightly. The strong headwinds we faced during COVID are quickly shifting and the gale winds now blow from behind. Now that vaccines have been widely administered in North America and the UK, consumers are returning to a more normal way of life. They're feeling optimistic, have money to spend, and they want a new wardrobe and improvements to their living environment. The resulting surge in demand is powerful and seems likely to remain robust on both sides of the Atlantic for some time. Each brand is currently outpacing its respective first quarter performance with all three double-digit comp positive and three people's comps continuing to defy gravity. This could propel URBN to another record result in Q2 and favorably impact the back half of the year. With that, I'll now pass the call over to Frank. Thank you, Dick, and good afternoon, everyone. On today's call, I will discuss our thoughts on our second quarter and full fiscal year 2022 financial performance. As Dick noted, similar to the first quarter, we remain optimistic about the opportunity ahead of us this year. The virus is waning in many of our markets, which is driving strong consumer demand, and we believe we have brands capable of capturing more than our share of that demand growth. Of course, there are always problems to overcome, and the impact of COVID is still driving numerous challenges and cost pressures in many areas of the business. The areas most significantly impacted are sourcing and production, logistics, fulfillment, and the overall labor market. We have several strategies in place to mitigate the impact of these pressures, and we'll keep you posted on how we think they will play out over the course of the year. Now I will speak to the second quarter in more detail and a bit about full year FY22. We believe the second quarter could continue to show steady sales improvement versus FY20. We believe our retail segment comp sales growth could land in the mid-teens range, driving total company sales in the low double-digit range. Our retail segment comp is likely to be partially offset by negative wholesale segment sales, due in part to the realignment of the free people brand customer base to focus more on regular price selling. Based on the current sales performance and forecast, we believe our gross profit margins for the second quarter could show over 100 basis points of improvement to FY20. Much like the first quarter, this improvement could be largely driven by lower markdown rates as a result of improving consumer demand, strong product performance, and disciplined inventory control. We believe favorable markdowns could offset lower initial markups that are being pressured by commodity and freight price increases, as well as the leverage in delivery and logistics expense driven primarily by the increased penetration of the digital channel. Now moving on to SGNA. Based on our current sales performance and plan, we believe SGNA for the second quarter could grow at a rate just below our sales growth rate. Our planned growth in SGNA is primarily due to greater marketing and creative spend to support our robust digital channel growth. Additionally, our SGNA growth is a result of planned incentive-based compensation, which was largely not achieved in FY20. The growth in these expenses could be partially offset by lower direct store controllable costs due to improved labor management. As we've done in the past quarters, our teams will manage SGNA relative to actual sales. We are currently planning our effective tax rate to be approximately 26% for the second quarter and full year FY22. Capital expenditures for the fiscal year are planned at approximately $250 million. 
The spend is primarily related to providing increased distribution and fulfillment capacity to support our growing digital business and secondarily to opening new stores. Our new highly automated distribution facility in Kansas City, Kansas should be completed and open for operation by the spring of 2023. Our new distribution facility in the UK is planned to go live in Q2 of this year. Lastly, we are planning on opening approximately 54 new stores and closing 18 stores this year. Our new store opening number does not include franchise partner locations in international markets. Our new store number is larger than in previous years because we are adding approximately 16 new free people movement stores this year, as well as the availability of favorable lease terms that makes the store economics more attractive to us. As a reminder, the foregoing does not constitute a forecast, but is simply a reflection of our current views. The company disclaims any obligation to update forward-looking statements. Now I'm pleased to turn the call back to Dick. Thanks, Frank. As always, it's the extraordinary creativity, dedication, and hard work of our teams that produced our success. In addition to our brand teams, who I've already thanked for delivering record Q1 performance, I also want to recognize our shared service teams, including Barbara and her sourcing group, and Omar and his logistics and fulfillment teams for the amazing work they did under very difficult conditions. I also recognize and thank our 19,000 associates worldwide and our many partners around the world. Finally, I thank our shareholders for their continued support. That concludes our prepared remarks. I now turn the call over for your questions. As a reminder, please limit your questions to one per caller. Thank you. If you have a question at this time, please press star 1 on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Please limit your questions to one per caller. Your first question comes from the line of Kimberly Greenberger from Morgan Stanley. Your line is now open. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Dick, my head is spinning. <laughs> These double-digit comps at uh, <laughs> all brands. Wow. Um, really nice, uh, re really nice acceleration here through Q1. The Q2 numbers sound extremely promising. Dick, my, my question is, uh, just asking you to, to sort of dig under the covers and diagnose this, um, this accelerating momentum. Um, are, are you seeing a little bit of a catch-up? Uh, for example, I know you were struggling to get enough inventory and stock through the fourth quarter. Um, are you, you know, kind of progressively back in stock through Q1 and that's feeding your business? Is it just um, the product is resonating? I'm just trying to wrap my head around just this, this very meaningful turnabout in the business. And I wanted to just understand um, how you have parsed through all the drivers and what do you think is, is really at, uh, at play here. Thanks. Well, I think uh, first, thanks very much, Kimberly. Um, I think I first have to give credit to uh, the creative group and the brands because I think the product is on, on target. Uh, I also think that uh, there's a very strong uh, demand in the market right now, and that demand, I think, is um, there because she's just beginning to emerge from a, uh, a 15 months of lockdown when she couldn't get out. She's incredibly anxious to get out, and... Uh, be with friends and, and be social again. Uh, the last 15 months, she's, as I said, been locked down and wearing, uh, you know, sweats and, and track pants and lounge and the sorts of things you do when you're just at home. And now that she's uh, wanting to go out again, I think she's starting to see that she might need to refresh her closet and she's buying things that are more appropriate uh, uh, for outside wear and for meeting other people and being social. So I think the demand's there. The demand is still there in the, on the home side. And I also think that because over the last year, 
she hasn't been able to engage in many other activities that uh, used to compete with the retail business for her dollar, uh, that she's reasonably flush with uh, cash and, and has very little place to spend it right now. Most of the, most of the areas are still uh, just beginning to open, so I think that we are benefiting from that as well. So I think it's the emergence uh, and it's the um, financial end of it, but I think more than anything, it's the product and the, and the brands and the imagery behind it. So I, I give our people a lot of credit. Terrific. Thanks, Dick. Thank you. And your next question comes from Lorraine Hutchinson from Bank of America. Thanks. Good afternoon. Um, I'd imagine you're chasing inventory pretty aggressively right now. Can you talk a little bit about how you're thinking about balancing meeting the surging demand with maintaining the strong margin progress that you've made so far? Hi, Lorraine. <clears throat> um, thank you, and yeah, you're absolutely correct. We, we certainly are uh, ch chasing inventory right now. Uh, we, we finished the first quarter with inventory at a minus 3% comp, which drove a 10% retail segment comp, you know, so pretty, pretty healthy delta there. Um, that being said, total inventory was up 17%. The, the difference between the inventory comp being a minus 3 and the plus 17% is inventory in transit. So, so there, there is your chase. Um, I, I would tell you that the, the big reason for the increase in inventory in transit is, one, is we are chasing sales as well as we are ordering product earlier than we normally would right now, um, you know, with, with the significant challenges in the supply chain from an inbound perspective, uh, we are ordering several weeks earlier than we normally would, and this is in order to try and get uh, a product here uh, as early as possible to be able to meet the uh, strong demand that, that is out there. I would say overall we are not concerned with our inventory balances. Our, our agings are incredibly clean, and, uh, you know, I think if uh, – we could wave a magic wand. We'd actually like to have a little more inventory in-house right now. Thank you. And your next question comes from Adrian Yi from Barclays. Good afternoon, everybody. Let me add my congratulations. It's so it's so nice and pleasing to hear um, urban of old, you know, back in, back in action. But congrats. Um, my, my one question is, it's on the quality of sale, um, and it sounds like free people and urban outfitters are sort of back to historically low levels of markdown, high levels of full-price sell-through. Can you give us um, uh, some color commentary on Anthropology's plus one uh, comp over double LY? What's the quality of that? And how is she, this older woman, right, who's probably more return to work than sort of back to school, how is she coming along? with regard to kind of the shaping of the demand recovery. Thank you very much. Adrian, I'm going to uh, ask Tricia to talk about that, since that is now her job. Hi, Adrian. Uh, I, okay. think, uh, I think, you know, one of the things we're most excited about with the anthropology brand, is, as Dick mentioned, is this appetite for newness. Um, I think as more events take place, people are gathering again. Um, and I think an eventual return to office is definitely creating more occasions for the customer. Um, and we're seeing that with some significant improvement, particularly in the anthropology apparel business. Um, as, as Dick mentioned, we pulled back really significantly on promotions and we've really focused on driving newness, um, marketing newness, and she's responding really positively. So I, I think um, as we introduced more casual categories throughout the pandemic, we're seeing those continue. And I think where we're seeing that the overall improvement in, in anthropology apparel overall is now she's beginning to, to shop for those occasions. So really encouraged by the fact that we can continue to leverage newer casual categories um, and be able to take care of her for more special occasion needs, return to office, and all the things that I think she counts on from anthropology. And Adrian, I'd just add to that, make sure that you uh, heard the um, prepared commentary. All brands right now are producing double-digit uh, comps on a retail segment basis. So that gives you an idea of where anthropology is. And your next question comes from Paul Lutjes from City. Hi, this is Kelly Craigle on for Paul. Thanks for taking your question. 
Um, I guess I think you mentioned that, that both uh, UL and Free People had record uh, markdown rates um, in the quarter. Just curious if you think that Anthro will be able to achieve that in, in 2Q given the strong trends you are seeing. And, and if that's the case, just curious why uh, gross margin would look better in, in 2Q uh, versus 1Q uh, relative to 2020. Okay, well, I'll take the first part of it and let Frank take the second part. Um, there's, there's no question Urban had its best Q1 markdown rate ever, but free people, not to be outdone, had the best markdown rate of any brand in any quarter. So congratulations to both of them. They had a spectacular uh, quarter from a markdown perspective. Anthropology also did much better, actually um, had about 300 plus uh, basis point improvement in markdowns. And I don't think that we believe that it's, it's ended there. I think we, uh, the Anthropology brand, myself and everybody involved, believes that Anthropology can do better and will do better. Uh, so the answer to your question is yes, we can, you know, we can get Anthropology to uh, record low markdowns as well. And just to, to your comment on the sort of the Q2 plan and, and how we're thinking about the business right now, you know, all three brands, as Dick has mentioned, are performing exceptionally well. With that being said, I, I just, you know, I don't think it would be prudent to plan for records. Um, so, so we are certainly planning for a healthy um, and strong improvement at mar in markdown rates across all three brands, but, but we're not planning to set, uh, to set new records in Q2. But uh, please don't uh, don't take that as the the brands are, are not performing exceptionally well right now because because they are. And your next question is from Dana Telsey from Telsey Advisory Group. Good afternoon and congratulations on the terrific results. Thanks, Dick, Dana. As you've talked about in the past, here obviously you have compares, but you're comparing to 2019. Where does fashion come into this? Is there a new fashion silhouette that you would say that's an added driver that's driving these double-digit comps at all three brands? And then just secondly, on the numbers side, the renegotiating of leases and occupancy costs that you've done, how much is that contributing, and do you expect that to continue through the year? Thank you. Sure, Dana. Um, well, I know darn well that you, you probably can remember what we said almost verbatim uh, two years ago, um, and I think you, if you do remember, uh, you remember that we called out a silhouette shift that was in the process of occurring, and I think what you're seeing out there right now is a mainstreaming of that uh, silhouette change. So I always talked about uh, the, the big over little uh, sort of morphing to little over big, and so that's, what, that's sort of what we're seeing. Uh, that's part of the fashion uh, driver. The other part is uh, what we talked about before, which is she's emerging from uh, her COVID lockdown and she wants a new wardrobe, essentially. I'll give you an example. Over the last 15 months, uh, dresses have not performed particularly well as a class uh, in, in all three brands, uh, and now they're uh, very hot at all three brands. And I think that's a very good indication of the change in the customer mood and the change of the customer use of the apparel she's buying. And uh, then the last thing, as I said earlier, is uh, she has the money to spend, and so she's spending it. And uh, Dean, as it relates to uh, occupancy and leases, we did leverage store occupancy in the, in the first quarter despite the negative store comp. Um, and that was really due to two reasons. One, the increase of the digital penetration providing for leverage and occupancy. And two, um, as you referenced, that, that we did receive uh, credits and abatements uh, and abatements in our occupancy costs. Um, th those were primarily related to our European stores where they, they were closed for the majority of the quarter. Uh, we, we did a good job and the teams did a good job, I should say, in going back and getting abatements. As we look forward sort of to the, to the second quarter, we do believe we have the opportunity to leverage store occupancy again, 
um, also, you know, continuing to be driven by the increased penetration of the digital channel, as well as the fact that stores are now starting to improve um, and, and showing stronger, uh, stronger business there, which we think will make up for the, the lack of the abatements now um, that we don't, uh, don't anticipate receiving in the second quarter as uh, most of the restrictions have been, uh, have been lifted in the, in the European market. Your next question comes from the line of Matthew Boss from J.P. Morgan. Your line is now open. Great, thanks, and congrats on the uh, on the improvement. Um, thanks. So maybe maybe relative to your pre-pandemic 2019 gross margin, which I think was 31 and a half percent, and now with the first half of the year up over 100 basis points, I guess any range of outcomes as we think about full year gross margin, just to consider. And, you know, maybe, Frank, how best to rank multi-year gross margin drivers moving forward as we think about a sustainable level for gross margin? So, so Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay focused on, uh, on this year. I think there's still a, a lot of things yet to, yet to unfold um, as it relates to the business and as it relates to, as you know, the all-important penetration of where digital and stores land. I think uh, what, what's encouraging for us is, as stores have continued to improve throughout the first quarter and into the second quarter here, digital has remained really strong. So, you know, that leaves us really optimistic for what the model and, and, and what the profitability of the model can look like going forward. Relative to, relative to the year as it relates to the gross profit margin improvement of, you know, a little over 100 basis points in the first quarter, you know, as, as I commented, I certainly think we have the opportunity to do that again in the second quarter. And if business remains as strong as it is right now, um, and, and continue throughout the back half of the year. I think that uh, that same opportunity exists for us, uh, in all honesty, for the for the entire year to show similar similar levels of improvement um, for, for the uh, for the entire year for, for for all of you RBM. Your next question comes from the line of Janet Kloppenberg from JJK Research. Your line is open. Hi, everybody, and congratulations. Great, great quarter and great trends. A uh, couple of questions. I was wondering about store traffic levels, you know, month by month and how they look in May, and a particular emphasis on the, on the city stores and, and what improvement or, or lack thereof you're seeing, um, and, and what kind of outlook you've embedded for that, for traffic levels sequentially in the second quarter. And um, I wanted to welcome Trish. Hi, Trish. And um, I wanted to ask on Anthro, um, as you work through, you know, repositioning it with casual and still special occasion and work, you know, where are we in that repositioning? Um, it certainly turned faster than I expected. Do you think it's complete, or is there a lot more to come? Thanks so much. Okay, Janet, I'll, I'll try to take the question number one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, throughout the quarter, uh, traffic improved, and in May to date, traffic is still improving. Uh, there's a couple things that you have to be aware of when we talk about comp store. It's not just the traffic that's improved, but also uh, we have a better conversion rate, and we are seeing higher AURs. The higher AURs are coming uh, both from us having uh, better AUSs and AUS is, is a word, uh, AUS, and also uh, because there are fewer markdowns to be taken. So actually, while traffic is improving, it's still negative. But in some cases, we're seeing the additional conversion and uh, AUR uh, overcome that and we're seeing positive store comps. Uh, the urban brand uh, currently in May uh, is posting a positive store comp and the free people brand is uh, sort of right on the cusp. So when we take them together, all the brands, uh, we're slightly negative but not a lot. But we're still seeing uh, difficulties in some markets like you pointed out. Uh, the New York market, the New York City market, actually is, is, remains challenging, and traffic remains challenging. And as you know, uh, because you live there, um, you know, the traffic is, is down not only because uh, people aren't back to the office yet, but also tourism. 
So the you know the double double bogey there uh, is difficult to overcome. And then also because we look at it on a North American uh, point of view, our Canadian stores uh, are having a lot of difficulty because there are uh, big restrictions in, in a number of the provinces in, in, in Canada. So putting all that together, uh, I, I should say we also have uh, a number of places where the, the store traffic is almost back to pre-COVID uh, numbers, which is in the north, uh, in the southeast and in the southwest. So again, you put that together, we see traffic improving, we see store comps improving at a faster rate, and then there are still a few outliers, uh, mostly the large cities, but by far the most important to us is New York City. Hi, Janet. How are you? I'll take this, the second part of the question. Um, it's still very early days for me and my role, and I'm still getting to know the team. Um, However, I think you know we've identified a really significant opportunity to leverage a fantastic design team and continue some of the groundwork that's already been laid in um, going into more casual categories. As, as Dick mentioned, the denim business is quite strong um, and a bit underdeveloped for anthropology. Um, so we're, we're already looking to um, ex expand that and distort that pretty heavily this fall um, and continuing to strengthen dresses. So, I think that the work had been done the last couple of quarters and, and a lot of the improvement that you're starting to see in the apparel business, particularly in May, is a bit of a rebalancing, I think, of categories and really, you know, ensuring that the anthropology brand can meet, you know, both special occasions um, as well as more casual occasions in a way um, that, that she really loves the anthropology brand. So I would say, you know, kind of the stabilization of the occasion-based business is happening, but in addition, I think we're we're just getting started on the full expansion of the casual categories um, and super excited to be able to work with a great team to be able to do that. Your next question comes from the line of Marnie Shapiro from the Retail Tracker. Your line is now open. Hey guys, congratulations. And Dick, I'm not going to lie, every time you talk about big over little, little over big in the shift, I have a little PTSD that comes back. <laughs> I think we all do. I think, I think everyone does. Um, could you just talk a little bit about, uh, you noted a big jump in new customers in Europe. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, if you saw new people coming into the brands in the U.S. as well, if they were coming through digital. And I didn't hear on the call or maybe missed, did you talk about what penetration DTC was to sales this um, quarter in the United States, just relative to where we've been? Sure, Marty. Um, <laughs> dig digital results uh, in, the, in North America Mm -hmm. saw new customers in the first quarter up um, in the high 60s, 60% uh, range from Q4. So uh, a, a nice gain, but not as much as it was in um, Europe. And as far as uh, penetration is concerned, uh, digital is now penetrating uh, around 60% uh, versus 40% for stores. So um, a, nice, a nice gain and obviously a little bit different by brand with uh, the Free People brand being the most heavily penetrated. Your next question comes from the line of Janine's teacher from Jeffries. Your line is now open. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Congrats on the incredible results. I um, wanted to ask a bit about the home category. I'm curious what you're seeing there um, as apparel returns. Are you seeing any pullback in home? And then on the inventory that you're building, I'm curious how much of that is to support the home category, which I know had been um, particularly starved. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Janine. Uh, the home category continues to um, produce very strong comps. and. As I, I said in prepared remarks, it's it's amongst the leading of the cat, uh, leaders of the categories, and we haven't really seen any slowdown in in home or uh, decor. As a matter of fact, we've actually seen a bit of a, an increase. What's holding us back most 
is just our ability to get the inventory and get it landed and get it shipped. So uh, I don't think this is anything different than what many other uh, home retailers are, are experiencing. It's very difficult right now because, as you know, when we bring stuff in from Asia, uh, we don't have any uh, opportunity to switch from ocean to air uh, with home goods uh, like we do with apparel. So uh, with the ocean uh, freight being, uh, I, I, I guess I shouldn't go so far as to say broken, but it sure is delayed. Uh, where that is our, our biggest uh, bogey. Other than that, the home, the home business is treating this extremely well. We're extremely excited about its prospects going forward, and we don't see any slowdown in it at all. And I just, I just want to add that in transit, in addition to supporting the home business, is also apparel-based as well. We, we are chasing apparel, um, and I think, that, you know, as you've seen, the business accelerates. It's due in part because home remains strong, as Dick mentioned, and apparel is now growing. So, so it's sort of additive and accelerate, accelerating the overall business. So what we are chasing into is in multiple categories right now. Your next question comes from the line of Ike Burichal from Wells Fargo. Your line is now open. Hey, thanks. Congrats, everyone. Um, Frank, just a quick question on wholesale. Um, understanding the guide for Q2, do you expect the business, I guess free people specifically, to continue to right-size that business, meaning be down uh, versus double LY in the back half of the year? And then overall, as you kind of clean that business up, where do you think the, the margin potential your wholesale business um, moves to uh, once we exit this year? I'm going to ask uh, Sheila Harrington to take that question because she's in charge of it and she knows it best. Okay. Um, so the wholesale business within the Free People brand, um, as Dick mentioned, was planned strategically down um, to re against historical high volumes, but it was done in a, in a way to align with the brand vision um, and make a healthier free people total business. Um, we feel like um, with the, the strength of the total brand being where it is with um, total revenue for free people at 14% and operating income the best we've seen in, in Q1, this sort of supports our direction. But that being said, while our business was down, um, our op income rates were mid-teens in wholesale, reflecting where we think um, we have the ability to maintain and continue to grow from. And uh, I just I, I want to point out that uh, the, the underlying op profit rate for uh, free people wholesale is mid teens. Um, the, the actual rate that we, where we landed for the first quarter was actually just around 20%, and, and part of that is due to some inventory reversals, reserve reversals that we experienced in, in the first quarter. The underlying is, is still very healthy business in the mid mid teens. Um, I would anticipate potential opportunity for some further reversals in the second quarter. So you, you could see more, uh, operating profit margins for wholesale look uh, look similar, and that's just due to um, the brand doing a great job with reg price selling, great job managing inventory and reducing their aging. So we're been able, been able to take down some of the reserves that we recorded during uh, during COVID when we were concerned about that uh, you know overhang of inventory. Your next question comes from the line of Al uh, Mark Altrager from Beard. Your line is now open. Uh, thanks. Good evening. Um, appreciate you taking my question. So uh, with respect to free people, I mean, how are you thinking about the sustainability in the movement business as demand recovers in some of the, the going outside categories as you talked about? It? Do you think there's going to be a wallet share shift broadly you know, out of active type categories, or are you seeing um, you know, the recovery and, and the you know, more fashion-oriented categories kind of incremental trend um, given the strong consumer balance sheets? Um, and then yeah, separately, kind of, you know, bigger picture, I guess, I was hoping you could talk about how you're thinking about just sustainability of the lower markdown rates you're seeing. It, it seems like the industry is being, you know, pretty rational right now, a lot of demand chasing going on. I guess, Dick, in, in your experience, I mean, how long can these periods of demand outpacing supply, you know, persist before you see, you know, some in the industry overcorrect from an inventory standpoint? Thank you. Why don't I take the second question first? Sustainability of margins and, and uh, the low markdown rates. Uh, Mark, I'm not going to get into what the industry uh, will do because 
I don't, I'm not in control of the industry. But I can tell you what we're going to do, and we're going to try to remain as disciplined as possible because it's our belief, and I think it's uh, found, uh, founded in the reality over and over again, that lean inventories are the best, that fast um, speed to market is the best way to accomplish full price selling and uh, low markdowns, and we intend to continue to do that. Now, having said that, our sales are such right now that we are chasing inventory, and we do need uh, more, more inventory than we have available to sell right now. And as Frank said, it's on the water, as they say, or somewhere. Uh, I don't know that we know exactly where it is, but it's coming. And, um, and so we're pleased with that. I think if we get up into high singles or low doubles, digit inventory increases at the end of Q2, we, we won't be unhappy. So um, I still think that that's a very, very um, conservative way of looking at our inventory. We don't want to get over inventory, and we will not do that. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take a, the, the next question about FP movement. We entered FP movement with a, a long-term view on the growth of activewear within the space. Um, we felt like there was a white space for fashion and performance to be met. Um, and so while we got a, a little bit of a bump last year from the pandemic, we certainly don't see the slowdown um, in our business. As Dick alluded to, we were still up enormously in Q1. Um, we don't see that slowing down. Um, we believe also that the FP movement customer will attract a wider breadth of customers than our free people brand has. And the strength of our selling across um, our retail segment, our wholesale partners, and the depth of business on select products are strong indicators of this. Uh, we opened seven locations so far for FP Movement to further the brand, and we're seeing that the stores are exceeding expectations from a total sales volume, knowing that the AOB and the conversion and UPTs are all higher than the Free People brands. Um, and where we're, where our traffic is actually improving faster, uh, where sales are even stronger. So we have a lot to look forward to, I think, um, continuing to grow this brand. Your next question comes from the line of Simeon Sijo from BMO Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Thanks. Congrats on the progress, guys. Um, sorry if I missed it. Did you guys say what AUR is this quarter? And then, Frank, can you uh, quantify the rent savings from the renegotiations at this point that will carry forward? Uh, maybe just what you expect occupancy dollars to look like this year versus last. And at, at this point, what percent of the, of the rent is contingency? Thanks. Or contingent rent, sorry. Sure. So right now, coming into the year, less than 10% of our rents are contingent or percentage-based or variable-based, depending on how you want to refer to it. We have about 40% of our leases come up for renewal over the next uh, over the next three years. On our out of our 54 new deals this year, over 80% of those are percentage rent. So we, we have a great opportunity over the next uh, over the next three years to convert a lot of our legacy stores to uh, to a variable lease. Um, we, we did not give out what our what our AURs are. Um, obviously, they, they differ meaningfully by brand and by category, so there's a lot of uh, mix um, that can that can change in there from quarter to quarter. That being said, you know we did see very healthy, you know, sort of double-digit increases in AUR this quarter, um, and, uh, and and that was driven by both the Urban Outfitters and Free People brands, as well as well as Anthropology. I, I will say most of this AUR increase was driven by lower markdowns. But uh, as Dick mentioned earlier, we did see a higher AUS uh, also driving a, a higher AUR as well. Um, as it relates to your question, I think you had three in there, uh, Simeon, on the, on the rent abatements. So what, what we did and what we've been able to negotiate over the past year and a half is abatements for the periods of time that our stores were closed. So, so going, being able to, going back and clawing back rent for, for those periods of time. There's not ongoing redu reduction in rent on existing, on existing leases. Um, those, those abatements hit you know, at or near when the, when the stores themselves were, were closed, uh, whether by you know, government authority or government authority or otherwise. So most of those, uh, most of those abatements um, now subside as we, as we uh, 
continue on for, for the remainder of the year. Our last question comes from the line of Jay Soul from UBS. Your line is now open. <clears throat> Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Dick, I wanted to follow up on a comment you, that you made that your customer has a more cash to spend right now. Um, how long – how do you feel, feel about the longevity of that? I mean, the you know, perception is that, you know, fiscal stimulus helped really drive sales, at least in the U.S., in March and April, and maybe there's been a handoff to the consumer coming back out, like you mentioned. But but how long do you think the consumer is really going to be this enthusiastic about spending? Do you think it's a Q2 thing? Do you, can it extend into holiday, even beyond? What's your view? Okay, Jay, I think um, the stimulus may have had an impact with some of the um, customers in, in maybe the urban brand, and, but probably less in the anthropology brand. So uh, we don't really think that that's the main driver of what's behind this. Remember, this, this, this person, who's, this woman who's out there uh, over the last 15 months hasn't been able to spend much money in the sense that she is – not been able to travel. Uh, most of the entertainment venues are uh, shut down, and she hasn't even been able to go out to many restaurants. So she really hasn't had a, uh, a lot of place to, to spend that money, and so it's accumulated, and I think that's what we're seeing. I think she's, uh, as I said, reasonably flush with cash, and there are things that she wants uh, in order to get back into uh, the social mode that we think she's morphing into. So I, now how long is that available? Um, I guess you'd say our competition, not, not for her dollar, not around. I would say that it's gradually coming back. Uh, travel is certainly increasing, but only increasing domestically, and most of the travel is still by auto. So uh, while planes are full, on short hauls, they're not full on long hauls, and for most of the uh, overseas destinations, we're not even uh, still able to do it. So the expensive vacations are uh, still to come, but I'm sure they're going to return. Uh, the restaurants, and we have restaurants ourselves, so we are pretty uh, cognizant of what's going on there. Uh, we see it returning and returning reasonably nicely. Uh, but think of all the restaurants that went out of business. So when you look at the uh, macro environment of restaurants, there are many fewer restaurants uh, around, and so she's not spending as much time uh, or as much money uh, on restaurants either. So each, each one of those areas is coming back. It will come back. It'll come back gradually. And yes, we will have that additional competition for her wallet at some point in the future. I think uh, that's after Q2. It becomes uh, in increasingly uh, competitive. I think that we probably see um, we're probably good for most of the, uh, th through holiday, and then we'll see what happens next year. Uh, so that's my view on that. And that, uh, I think, concludes our uh, call today. We thank you very much for being part of it, and we look forward to being with you uh, next quarter. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.